Hi, this is Dominic Pace, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. Only watch a step. This place can be a little rough. You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. Just as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Very excited to welcome back Dominic Pace to the program. He first appeared way back on episode 31, just as he was making his debut in the first season of The Mandalorian as a member of the Bounty Hunter Guild run by Grief Karga. Dominic is a Los Angeles-based actor with more than 20 years in the biz and more than 100 credits to his name. He has appeared in such properties as 911, Superstore, and NCIS Los Angeles. In 2020, he started in the movie Anonymous Killers, which you can find on Amazon Prime, as well as other places. After his appearance in The Mandalorian, he was set to appear in a number of cons in 2020. Well, then, we all kind of were, right? Rather than be stuck at home, he embarked on a cross-country tour of comic shops with his son, working with local businesses to create a safe environment where fans... Members of the 501st, Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, podcasters could gather together and have some semblance of normalcy. I got a chance to meet him and some of my fellow Star Wars nerds at Alley Cat Comics here in Chicago with the help of my friend Ro Gaska from the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast and got to meet folks from WSTR Public Radio, Rob from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and my friend Daniel Lowe from Fanthatrax. Even was able to cosplay some myself and record a little bit of audio from the show, which became episode 66, which you can also check out. I had an absolute blast and was so happy to hear that another tour was in the works this year, considering that the next con even scheduled before celebration in 2022 is our very own C2E2 here in Chicago in December. Plus, we even get to find out a little bit more about this comic book that has been in the works featuring Dominic's character, Gecko. So we got a lot to talk about. Well, with all that said, Uncle Owen's going to give me a little bit of break tonight from homestead keeping so we can dive right into the interview, and I'll catch you on the other side. If they don't go for this, we're going to have to get out of here pretty quick, Chewie. First thing I just wanted to say is, and just kind of how you been and how you been doing. It's, it's I've been great, you know, literally taking day by day. Um, the whole gecko thing is sort of transformed into a lot of parallels uh, of life. You know, uh, it's just one of those things to where with everything going on in the world, you know, and, and especially society uh, with two sons that are 15 and 12, uh, it's turning more into uh, less about necessarily gecko, a Star Wars story in the universe. And more almost a lesson to my sons, which I think might be a, a brilliant documentary or movie one day in terms of not only believing in yourself, but the importance of helping others. And at the same time, through believing in yourself, sort of these parallels of a bounty hunter, uh, which is similar to an independent contractor, blue collar worker slash actor in the real world. Uh, I can see sort of a documentary or movie going back and forth into this imaginary Star Wars universe and then going back into the world. And, and really, ultimately, the main objective is, is teaching my children 
uh, the importance of, of believing in yourself. And the beauty of, of Gecko here is that, I mean, I'm sure many of your listeners know, uh, it's sort of a one-of-a-kind, unique species. And I, I think what makes Star Wars really special, and Gecko kind of plays into that, is that there are no, no small parts. There are no small parts. And, and I think the parallel and the beauty of that uh, we can relate to in life is just the fact that you yourself, within your own uniqueness, your gender, your race, your individuality, you have your own worth and you have your own importance. And the irony to Gecko is that it's so insignificant, the character itself. But regardless, through that, you end up having so much worth and so much value through the ideology of believing in yourself, helping others, and, and being self-motivated as opposed to making excuses as to why things don't happen. Um, just to go back you know, to the original filming of episode one and three, there were 25 bounty hunters, all different shapes and sizes. And with everything going on in society today, as far as uh, excuses, you know, one way or another, and some of them have merit, some of them don't. Uh, there was that beautiful movie, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, directed by Martin Scorsese with uh, DiCaprio. And there's this end scene of uh, DiCaprio going, and he's at a seminar, and he says, sell me this pen. And the majority of the, uh, the, the crowd is basically going to say, well, there's nothing I can do. You haven't given me an opportunity. There's nothing you can give me uh, it, 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 because all it is right now is this pen. That's all I have that you've given me in this country is this pen. And the one thing I, I hope uh, come August and September and hopefully many times through, and, and if nobody understands it or nobody's inspired by it other than my sons, then so be it, is that in many ways, Gecko is that pen. And uh, we're making it happen. And I can't tell you how grateful I am for uh, the reverberation of the fan base and, and uh, the whole entire country who sort of uh, in many ways have rallied around me in order to make this a thing, as they say. <laughs> And, and one of the things I think is fascinating about what you're talking about, whether, when you're talking about you with, you know, a, a bunch of other bounty hunters, a bunch of other actors, a bunch of other folks that are coming in to do a role. And I, I think that it really speaks to you when you're talking about being cognizant, you know, the, that time you had of this is what I have. This is what I've been given. And but this is what I could do. And I think that since the first time we've talked, you know, before before episode one and three came on and just charting the course since then. And that's one of the big reasons I wanted to have you back on is to talk about, you know, what you've done with that. And I think that's one of the most amazing thing that amazing things that I have seen is that someone saying, and you could probably encapsulate a lot of your career, like, this is my shot. This is what I get. One, it's a dream to be around Star Wars. Even if you set, even if you were food service that day and watching it, you'd be like, this is cool. But you got to be in it. And you go, you know what? This, this was it. It could be more. But definitely if I don't do something, it's certainly going to be it. Yes. But you took it. And, you know, you, you just were kind of flying with it. And then COVID happened. You know, it could have ended right there. And what I really was, what I was really kind of wanting to kind of ask you is, you go through, it's like part one, phase one, and then, and then, you know, everything locks down. What's kind of going through your mind as you're sitting around, you've got, 
you know, you've got, you've kind of got this momentum going. You've got some merch going. You've got these wonderful custom figures that are being made. You got this buzz and then COVID what's kind of going through your mind as far as like, Oh my gosh, what, what do I do now? Or did you just kind of already have a plan in mind? Well, originally before COVID was hit, we actually had, believe it or not, even with just, uh, you know, being a small side character, about 25 different uh, Comic-Cons all throughout the world. It wasn't even so much the country. Um, and regardless, even though that sounds huge, at the same time, I probably would have been in the C room or the D room. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. It is what it is. Um, what ended up happening was the 25 years of experience as a blue collar working actor, I was able to connect with the small business uh, um, comic book stores. And there were a handful of petty or greedy agents that sort of put me in this direction. And the reason they did was because I was hearing so much. I just uh, finished Chipper Jones' book, famous baseball player mm -hmm. for the Atlanta Braves. And there was one agent, uh, you know, uh, very famous, Scott Boris, who wanted to sell every, you know, sell as much as they could of Chipper Jones uh, to where he got the highest value. And for me, I said, well, you know, that's not what this is about. I mean, the fact that, you know, Gecko automatically puts you in a humble position. And for any store that is willing to go the extra mile and to promote my appearance, the last thing I want to do, especially through COVID, is to charge them for a fee. So I used to manage restaurants for years, and it might go back to maybe my Catholic uh, uh, upbringing in terms of uh, you know, there was one saying that I, I was told at Fordham University years ago by uh, this guest speaker. And he said, you know, it's better to have 70 percent of everything than 100 percent of nothing. Mm. So the one thing is having this small opportunity and knowing that there were so many businesses that were struggling and also knowing that a lot of my peers were doing the exact opposite, saying, OK, well, you know, you want me to come out here. I'm, I'm going to charge X amount of dollars and I need a VIP you know, flight, et cetera, et cetera. I said, well, what can I do in order to help these people? And in one way or another, you know, I have one tattoo on my shoulder of Gecko. I said, I wish I had a yin and a yang that represented the, not only the fan base, but also the small business owners. And that Gecko would not exist uh, without the support of the community. Uh, so what ended up happening was sort of this fire spark in that the stores, it wasn't that they were paying me for the appearance. I was helping them. Um, and I, all I asked, you know, just was for a humble maybe night at a hotel the night before. And through doing so... I felt that there were just a lot of parallels to the small side character, the small business to where you're not a monopoly, you're not a corporation, you're just trying to get by in this country day by day. You're not really given a pat on the back, but in one way or another, you know, you, 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 you're, you're, you're working hard and things are happening. And the one thing I love, I think, again, the parallels to Star Wars about bounty hunters is they do what they have to do. That's why I'm thinking, you know, sometimes now my mind is racing before this, this new tour that we embark, embark upon uh, uh, this summer is just the one thing that I, I, that I feel like the connection is with life is that the bounty hunters are sort of blue collar workers. They're sort of straggling to get by. You know, they don't have maybe the prettiest spaceship. Um, you know, their goods might be a little bit dirty, uh, but it, it's everything that you can in order to scrape by during difficult times within the empire, within the universe. <laughs> uh, and so it, it's funny how it just the more and more that this story is sort of unfolding, I feel like there's a beautiful parallel to either documentary or movie uh, and, and a beautiful message, I think, through the whole thing. Most importantly, by taking my sons through all this and meeting so many amazing people that, you know, come together. There's so many few things in this world in terms of positivity. And I think that Star Wars uh, brings out the best in people and can bring us together there, similar to many of our, our famous sports there in our country.
how did the how did the original tour come together how did you kind of plot out and plan how you were going to do this because I don't not too many of us I know are used to crossing the country and, and hitting spots how did that really come together the, the for the first tour well, you know, I'm a big history pop culture fan. So it started with just a few stores. Uh, but what ended up happening was word of mouth from one store to the next. You know, the one owner over in Omaha had a friend over in Iowa. Uh, the one friend over in Iowa had, you know, Peter Mayhew come before. And he was just wondering uh, if there was somebody in Illinois that I wanted to go see. So since COVID sort of shut us all down, and I said, well, if I'm going to take the risk, I might as well just go all in. It just sort of ended up creating, you know, this map all throughout the country, starting in L.A., going as far southeast as Miami, uh, going as far north as uh, Dearborn Heights, Michigan. Um, and it, just the friends that I met along the way, it, it sort of paid off now uh, tenfold to where now they not only want me back, but the fans also paid it forward uh, to where they wanted to create uh, some sort of content for me, whether Disney did or not. Uh, which is why we're, we're doing the second tour this, uh, this summer there with the with this uh, fan made comic book there. When did you, which stop or how many stops in did you start to really kind of get like, did, 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 I mean, that, those first ones probably maybe a little timid, maybe a little kind of like, all right, what am I doing? But when did you start kind of getting into a groove and thinking like, oh yeah, this is going to be great? Uh, it was, I mean, since the get-go, it was amazing. The only thing uh, even to this day is just sort of keeping my feet on on the ground um, because understanding that there is no other franchise to where this would be able to happen. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, the one thing that I get self-conscious of is I hope nobody's thinking that when I make the appearance, it's sort of a, a star. Um, but the beauty of it, and, and the one thing where I do hold my head high, is that so many of the side characters, including Boba, including, you know, Forlom and Zookus and uh, IG-88, etc., cetera, uh, started with this sort of one minute of screen time. Uh, so it, it's, it's very humbling, uh, but at the same time, extremely gratifying. The one thing is, again, I love pop culture. I love history. Uh, we're looking forward to doing a lot of historic uh, spots this tour. Um, particularly, I just finished the journals of Lewis and Clark. So we're going to stop by their launching uh, place there in St. Charles, Missouri, and also one of the spots that they stayed for the winter, uh, the Mandan Village up near uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. Over 35 states uh, this time, and oh uh, 60 comic book stores, including Alaska and Hawaii. So uh, very excited. Now you had your you had your youngest with you last time, right? Mm -hmm. What was some of the takeaways he had? Because um, I think by the time that you had gotten through Chicago, I think you were either what halfway or three quarters of the way through. But what were some of his takeaways, or what are some of the things that that he was saying that that you know that you kind of picked up on, um, and some of some of his experiences? Are you able to relate? Yes, my wife and I, we joke around since he was three years old. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not very, uh, uh, um, I, I guess, into the, the beliefs of, say, reincarnation, but I do have, you know, the, you know, the, the thought that, that maybe it is a possibility. Uh, but we call him an old soul. And the one thing is he's well ahead of his years. So he's very much on to the surprise that, you know, when we were in Sioux City, Iowa, we were given uh, a, a Dominic Pace Gecko Day, literally by the mayor of Sioux City, <laughs> Iowa, on July 19, 2020. And also in Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, given the key to the city on the day that I made the appearance. <laughs> you can't pull the wool over this kid's eyes. So he knows exactly how, like, beyond this, this opportunity <laughs> ended up presenting itself. But the one thing that I'm hoping that him, uh, along with my older son, Dante, uh, 15 years old, on the way to college very soon uh, takes from this is just the importance of giving back, helping others, uh, communicating, and through the smallest of opportunities in this country, as opposed to blaming the system, 
to say, you know what, there might be an opportunity there if I hustle and I work hard and I, I have a genuine good spirit, a lot of amazing things can come out of it. And I hope, you know, I, I, like most fathers, I mean, I don't necessarily buy into literally a, a life insurance policy, uh, but I think the greatest thing we can give our children are lessons. And the one thing for me is I, I think Gecko, like I said, is just a lot bigger than just the character itself, where the Star Wars story, uh, the bigger Star Wars story may actually play out here in real life uh, <laughs> to where you're basically uh, teaching my sons uh, again. And maybe, you know, 30, 40 years from now, they do a story on this to where the greatest Star Wars story was about a father who passed down to their, his children uh, the importance of loving, of giving back, and through that receiving uh, so much gold. Uh, specifically from uh, from uh, uh, putting yourself out there and believing in yourself and not making excuses. And and one thing's for sure, last year it probably might have been a little tough to get, you know, some of the family in the car. And I'm sure, you know, after after we've gone through about a year of lockdown, um, I can imagine probably keeping everybody out of your car this time is going to be. It would be tough. It's like, can we go too? I think anyone just going anywhere. Uh, yeah. they, they, they gotta be jazzed just to go, yeah, let's just do this. Um, how, how long is this tour going to be? What, when, when uh, are the dates for this? From start to finish, it will be five months on the road. Uh, it will be about two and a half months. Uh, when we go from June 20th, uh, to August 22nd, and that's going to start us in San Antonio and take us all the way, uh, far East as, uh, uh, Danvers, Massachusetts around Boston, uh, down to Miami and as far northwest as uh, Boise, Idaho, as of right now. Uh, we are beginning April 8th. Uh, it's sort of our Brady Bunch episode. You know, <laughs> again, Gecko, a Star Wars story. Uh, in Hilo, Hawaii, uh, there was a, a gentleman out there. Uh, he really wanted me actually to hit every island, but uh, there's a quarantine for three days in every island uh, in Hawaii uh, due to COVID. Uh, so we're just going to be hitting Hilo, Hawaii on uh, April 10th. And then we're going as far northwest as Anchorage, Alaska at Bosco's Comics. And that's going to be on May, uh, I believe, uh, 22nd or 23rd there, oh, man. Uh, which I'm really excited about. And then a couple little uh, excursions throughout uh, before I take off on the big trip. That's going to be uh, June 5th and 6th will be uh, Glendale, Arizona and Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, we're going to swing back around back to Los Angeles. Uh, and then going a little bit earlier is going to be April 30th. And May 1st, and that's going to be up in uh, Sacramento and uh, Newark, uh, California, San, uh, San Francisco area there as well. One of the things I didn't think about um, asking as far as like last year and this year, how much of an overlap is there in the tour de- in, in the tour locations? Um, you mean as far as... Uh, Repeat, mean- repeating places that you've been. Uh, well, as far as the tour, I mean, each uh, trip is going to be... Um, well, the. I meant as last year, this year. Last year, I, I finished off in October, and then this year I'm starting in April. And then how many of those spots are you going to be hitting again? Oh, I see. Oh, forgive me. Um, I would say probably, uh, oh, out of the 60, I would say maybe uh, about maybe 35 uh, out of the 60 will be the uh, the same spots there. We obviously had a, a nice reception and a great rapport with the owner. Um, and again, a great agreement with the owner to where they get a percentage. Uh, so we're helping the store as opposed to uh, being any kind of a burden. The one thing that I'm really appreciative of these stores is that normally when, you know, you plan an event, you want to do it on a Saturday or Sunday when, you know, people are around. Uh, but because I'm going to be on the road for two months, I can't wait <laughs> just for Saturdays and Sundays and just sit there and uh, go fishing in the middle of Missouri. Uh, so 
Uh, we, um, I've been really grateful for a lot of the stores to have me on Mondays, you know, from 3 to 7 p.m. And because of the summer, I, I, you know, we still have a pretty decent showing, even though, of course, in a perfect world, we'd love every day to be a Saturday from 12 to 5. That's a good question as far as last year's tour, because you, you kind of had to do it the same way. Um, were the receptions... You know, were your weekday ones just as good as your weekends? Um, how did, you know, I'm sure some of them maybe even exceeded your expectations. Uh, sometimes it was quiet, but also at the same time, I mean, you have to understand, you know, uh, COVID. I mean, we literally the other option was sitting at home and watching <laughs> TV. And, you know, for me, I, collecting unemployment was not an option. You know, it was one of those things to where if the industry is going to be shut down, we're going to get out there. So even sitting in sort of a lonely uh, one horse town such as Fort Dodge, Iowa, which I'm actually going back to. I, I love them so much. Uh, it still was just heavenly. And I can't say enough about the fan base, the 501st Legion. There was one beautiful moment actually in Fort Dodge where it was crickets. It was like a Tuesday in the middle of Fort Dodge at, you know, 4, 4 p.m. You know, everybody's at work, whoever's in town. And uh, they, they all suited up, you know, it's about five or six of them. And they, I said, you know, guys, I said, Nobody's here. I said, really, right now? I said, but if you guys want to go, we'll take our photos. I'll, you know, I, I always give them a complimentary print, the 501st. Uh, and, and it literally was like like the military or, or somewhere, you know, in D.C., like the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, where they just wanted to be there with me. And I, I can't tell you how humbled and grateful I am for each one of them. Uh, it, it's turned in, like I said, less of a starring role with uh, The Mandalorian and more of just these, these uh, you know, uh, forever lasting friendships with uh, just amazing people uh, all uh, throughout the Star Wars fan base there. I know when uh, you came through Chicago and you were at Alley Cat Comics, you know, one of the things that made it so much fun was, you know, everything had been everything had been shut down, you know, so there was no there was no cons, no get togethers. And, you know, my, my kind of my covid project was this cosplay. I was doing Matt, the radar technician. And yes. I remember it was like just getting excited to put it on. I mean, I don't think I've ever done anything as brave as walk from my car to the, to the comic shop, which took me past a number of open air restaurants. So I'm here in a jumpsuit and I'm trying to like trying to be as casual as I can wearing a wig and things. But I remember once I got there and you saw, you know, you had members of the Mandalorian Mercs and, and uh, 501st and everybody was there. And once you were there and, and we were, you know, properly spaced, socially distant, you know, it had all the feelings of a con. And I think that is something that when I look back at 2020, that's really the highlight, you know, of the highlight of the year, because, you know, it was just it was unexpected. And and you were there and it was, you know, you had the comic store in the background so you could go in there. And it was just yeah. kind of fun to hang out and talk to the uh, to, you know, to Rogazga, uh, you know, the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast and the WSTR guys. Uh, and then to see that awesome guy with uh, with the, you know, with the gecko tattoo. And it yes. was just like this, this kind of this little, this little gathering. And, yeah. you know, that you just kind of like, you just kind of wanted it to kind of stick around. But I think that's yeah. what I think each of these towns you're going to is, yeah. is looking for. Now we kind of know what's coming. We're like, oh man, you know, there's nothing coming celebrations in 2022, but man, we get to do this yeah. again. And that, that was yeah, the best part of it. Yeah. Again, very humbling because I thought I was, I really felt that with you, that I was able to add that positivity. The only thing that again, sort of hurts a little bit. It's like, you know, maybe being a Chippendales dancer with a dad bod to where, you know, you're not, you know, Pedro or you're not, G you know, well, sorry, you're not, uh, you know, uh, uh, Carl Weathers, et cetera. So that's the only thing to where sometimes I feel a little, you know, guilty or humble, but also at the same time, 
I just can't tell you how happy I was to sort of add that positivity. Uh, my grandfather was in uh, World War II, and I remember towards the end, uh, it was so dark for one of my uncles there, and he ended up seeing my grandfather through, uh, you know, uh, I think one of the uh, uh, the tents or what have you, and he, it was just such a, a sight for sore eyes, you know, and he was so happy to see my grandfather because he was always sort of jovial and a good in a, in a good mood no matter what, uh, just absolutely inexplicable uh, for the for the hell that so many of them went through. Um, but it, it's just so uh, gratifying to be able to put a smile on people's faces, especially through all their uh, what they're going through. And I hope that Hollywood could return to that at some point uh, to where we just get back to positivity and uh, just making people happy as opposed to uh, bringing people into the real world. It's just about escapism and making people feel good. In the middle of all this, and if my timeline's off, I apologize, you also had a movie that dropped last year. And I, What is this? Was it Accidental Killers? Anonymous uh, Killers. Anonymous Killers. I knew there was an A in front of that. Um, and you also, we saw in the Instagram feed, I, um, you know, there was a premiere. There was, you know, going through and helping promote that film. What did that, can you, can you walk me through kind of the timeline of like how that kind of wrapped around had it, it, I'm assuming it had been shot bef- well before, and then you kind of had. What was what was your commitments for that, and how did you, you know, did you have to navigate anything around that? Sure, it was a culmination of five years of production. Uh, the director, I mean, quite a bit of a story. He served 18 years in prison for a petty crime of drug dealing, um, and uh, you know he was only 19 years old. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things to where A.R. Hilton, the director, is a very similar. He's a New Yorker. And uh, the, one of the prides that I take, in, you know, in, in, as far as being a fellow New Yorker as well, I'm from 40 minutes north of New York City, is that sort of, you know, you overcome the obstacles. I think, you know, we come from uh, families of immigra- immigrants or from, you know, backgrounds, our races, et cetera, um, to where it was not easy. And I, I think, you know, it was sort of a great parallel to that story. Uh, which has to do with those who have tried to struggle in this country to get by. And, and by you know, struggling, sometimes you have to do things that are you know, illegal in one way or another. And I'm not, I'm not justifying it. But at the same time, if you get a chance to see the movie, you can almost you know, see through the eyes of some of the quote unquote criminals um, to where you say, OK, I can see how you know, maybe life would not have, has not presented uh, the opportunity for them. So it was a beautiful parallel uh, to the film. Uh, because basically we're doing the same thing that's saying, hey, we've got COVID, uh, but at the same time, we're going to have this parade. Um, and we were able to have a small screening over in Chicago outdoors, uh, safe, uh, but at the same time, a, a well-deserved uh, um, uh, celebration for this man who served 18 years in prison and had a, a, a very a beautiful message, uh, whether you agree with him or not. And, you know, and that's the one thing I love about the film. I don't like when Hollywood shoves one agenda down your throat. Uh, I like when they make films to where you, they present it to you and they could say, hey, this is what we're thinking. But also at the same time, you could say, well, you know, I, I, this is might be my opinion, but it, it leaves room for that in terms of the fact that you would you can judge every criminal uh, through your own beliefs, whether it's socially or politically or what have you. Uh, so very proud to have been a part of that. I'm proud to announce through all this craziness, I'm actually going to be uh, starring in a film in Miami uh, titled Deceived. And that's going to be filming uh, May 9th to May 20th. Uh, that we're going to knock out there as well. I did not want to just go all in on Gecko for the year. I think my agents would kill me as well <laughs> if I had nothing to show for anything. You know, in Disney, you know, it's like, well, hey, you know, we had a great, uh, it was a great road trip, you know. Um, so I'm happy to be able to get another great script under my belt. And that's uh, going to be uh, shooting in May with some very talented people uh, down there in Miami there. I was going to, I was curious whether, what kind of work you had gotten during this time and what are some of the precautions that you have seen 
or things that have changed, in, you know, in doing what you do? Uh, it's been really difficult, to be honest with you. You know, when you're an A-lister, it's different. I mean, not only do you have millions in the bank, but also at the same time, you're a name. You're a name actor. You're a star. So people will call you the second that COVID is done. And not only you, you don't even have to audition. You just get right. You know, they'll give you an offer and you'll fly off to England or wherever and get started with your career again. For us 99 percenters, it is very difficult. Uh, every audition, every part that you see there on IMDb, there is no nepotism, there is no cronyism, there is no high-powered agent. Everything that I've done has basically been uh, from just beating out 30 other uh, uh, gentlemen, uh, 30 of my peers for every single audition, and that is not easy, even when things are at full tilt. So you can imagine now, when the business I feel is at about 25 to 35%, uh, and still, you're not a big star name to to motivate a project. Uh, it's extremely difficult. And uh, but but coincidentally, that's why, you know, sort of the motivation through, you know, having Gecko sort of go through this metamorphosis uh, through COVID and through the times, uh, I think is very interesting because I was able to really truly invest in the branding of this character. And thankfully, up until now, I mean, Disney, uh, I, I keep telling people, you know, I feel like they're they're watching, uh, but in a good way. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I can't see how a company would not appreciate the level of enthusiasm from a single performer uh, in regards to the pride of not only the franchise, but also for their their part in it. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I, I, I appreciate and I respect is that, you know, and we're all in the same boat, right? Whether we're doing it, whether we're doing a podcast where we're talking about, you know, and you're you're throwing in clips here or you're doing artwork or you're posting stuff up. I mean, you know, it, it's a real gray line. And I do think that that Disney and Lucasfilm, I, I think they do give us just enough rope to hang ourselves with. Where I, I think if you stray that you, you stray too far to the sun, and, and Icarus you know loses the feathers, but otherwise it you know if you kind of go down there. But I don't think in anything that I don't think I don't see anything you have done that isn't anything anybody else is doing, other than just out hustling a lot of folks. And I do think that you know when you look back at some of these characters from the original trilogy or even you know even the the prequels where hey I'm on screen for this I do this but you know I'm sitting there I'm looking at a uh, I'm I'm in a toy store and I'm seeing this this Rick Olay you know the, the the guy who is in the Phantom Menace he's one of the pilots and he's got a he's got an action figure and you go you know what that guy's in there for maybe also 2 or 3 minutes yeah. but you know I I'm listening to another podcast you know beyond the Bla uh, beyond the is it beyond the blast doors and yeah. beyond the outer rim, and they, this guy is a huge Rick Olay fan. But I just that—that's the thing that I think that as long as you're getting there, you're gonna have people like, "Hey, I'm a Gecko fan." Somebody yeah. put your face on his leg. That is—that's yeah. what I—that's what I love about it. And I—I yeah. I would have to say you—you you probably have to smile. I know that you—you know—they can't the folks can't see this because there's a podcast. You got a great uh, display case. But one of the things I really liked in some of the shots, you had this really awesome case of a lot of this gecko a lot of you know this custom gecko thing it's yeah. it's kind of up it looks like it's you know it's hanging off but it's almost to me like a 3d scrapbook um yeah. that that must just make you smile every time you see it and you know how big of a is that is that everything or is that just you've got now you're curating it are you getting are you getting more gecko stuff than you can handle <laughs> oh man well i mean really a compliment to a lot of the um you know, the 501st and also the Mandalorian Mercs, if I had more room, uh, I can't tell you how many honorary memberships they gave me within each uh, one of their garrisons as well. Um, yes, it, you know, of course, you know, the icing on the cake 
and and again, you know, where we can roll the credits is the fact that, you know, they had no plans to they were very limited in terms of the merchandise. And I, I think, you know, ultimately it might have been maybe a lack of sales in terms of the side characters, maybe for the sequel trilogy or for Solo or for Rogue One. Um, but really the icing on the cake for me will be, you know, not so much. I'm, I can't tell you how honored I am with the custom figures, but ultimately um, if, if we ever get the official there, Funko, uh, they love him. It's just the issue <laughs> is, is there, you know, there needs to be an international appeal. So as much as we are starting to get a little momentum in the States, we're also going to be competing against a tremendous amount of new content. Um, but hopefully we'll get that opportunity. You know, I, I'd like to believe that Dave and John, uh, they, they come off just as they seem in terms of the fact that you, you want to grab a beer with them. Um, so I, I'd like to believe, you know, if this thing uh, takes off and, and even with the secondary tour, uh, hopefully they'll be uh, showing a little bit of love there uh, for all our efforts and also the appreciation for the fan base as well to want to see a little bit more of them there. And one of the things that you have been um, kind of teasing us with and, and like I said, a lot of this this will probably come out after the the fact, obviously. But is this you know is some of this comic art? Are you, how much are you able to talk about that, and how excited are you for it? Uh, you know, the, the fans about in, in October, Marvel was very interested in using the character. The thing was, was Disney had, uh, uh, essentially did not want to officially use any of the Mandalorian characters, even the ones, you know, the small side characters like myself in any of the canon for now. So uh, some of the fans came to me and they said, look, you know, you did such an amazing job with the tour. And I mean, the fans love you. What if we motivate this by creating a comic for you? And this one guy, uh, he was very much head on and, and very um, eager to flesh out uh, Gecko's backstory on Wikipedia. And he said, I just have this idea in terms of just a one-off to where, uh, you know, Gecko sort of goes off on to his own, you know, sort of adventure after uh, trying to get the bounty after Navarro. And I just have this story idea. So there was an amazing illustrator uh, who wanted to jump on board in Romania and a colorist that was a dear friend of him is from Brazil. <laughs> so it's sort of this worldwide collaboration of putting together this comic. And uh, I can't tell you how grateful I am to have had the opportunity uh, that we're going to have, you know, obviously this this summer, uh, but also to be able to help others out uh, through that. We've been working with a lot of different charities. Last year, we actually, through the tour, uh, raised money for Make-A-Wish Foundation, the Peter Mayhew Foundation, along with Aflac uh, Cancer Research. Uh, so it's just amazing to have this uh, vehicle to be able to uh, give back and also, like I said, uh, create the legacy of, of Gecko there. And like I said, at the end of the day, we're hopeful that uh, it will add to his his sort of prestige and popularity uh, throughout the Star Wars universe and also the fan base there. Do you have any idea or uh, idea of when this drops or when we're going to be able to see it? Absolutely. Uh, if you go to GeckoTheBountyHunter.com, it just dropped today. <laughs> uh, so you're able to order it internationally as well as domestically. Uh, and then the first appearance will be uh, April 8th in Hawaii. Uh, and then also April 24th, we're working on a very popular uh, store right now. They just need to adhere to all the rules in Los Angeles uh, called Frankensons. And that's in the city of industry here in Los Angeles. Uh, and then we'll, uh, you can go to Lair of the Gecko uh, on Facebook or uh, find me on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, to uh, check on some of those dates uh, where we'll be appearing in your area throughout the country there. Well, I did want to also ask, as far as that comic's concerned, um, I know that one of the things you've been really working towards was canonizing the name. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming then that the comic book takes this a really, you know, gets you really close to that finish line as far as that's concerned, correct? Uh, yes and no, uh, because it's fan fiction. 
So it really has to come from Lucasfilm. So uh, in a way it is, uh, in a way, I'm kind of happy that it's not because it's not necessarily trademarked. Um, the other thing is also, uh, you know, like I just posted a story today to Instagram uh, of that um, that beautiful uh, song that Dina Menzel sang, uh, you know, where he she did Wicked. And it's just a matter of sometimes taking your own road. So to me, there's something appealing about the fact that I stand alone. And I think bounty hunters in many ways stand alone and you go out on your own road. Uh, something we want to teach our kids as well that, you know, in school, I didn't necessarily, I, I never had a problem with not being popular, but also at the same time, I wore what I wanted. I did what I wanted. I played mm -hmm. whatever I wanted. I, if I wanted to sing in the high school musical, I didn't worry about whether I was going to be popular or not. Uh, so it sort of, I think, goes along those parallels again to my life in that ever since even grade school, I kind of went to the beat of my own drum. And uh, I'm very proud of that. One last thing on, on, the, on the comic. Um, have you had a chance to read the entire story? Yes, I, I just think it's a great, they did leave a cliffhanger, uh, so, uh, who knows, maybe 2022, but, you know, I'll tell you, at that point, uh, we're hoping that Disney chips in, or Lucasfilm says, all right, all right, all right, we're gonna either, you know, either stop, or we're gonna, we gotta get you here, because you're, you're doing such an amazing job, so, um, an amazing cliffhanger, um, beautifully illustrated there, so very, very excited about that there, and, um, uh, I just can't tell you how grateful, as a matter of fact, as we're talking right now, I keep seeing the orders coming in. Uh, all throughout the country. It's just uh, the fan base has just been so supportive. And hopefully, like I said, this will be uh, only the beginning of his legacy there. Oh, man, that still had to be you almost have to like you're reading the story of yourself in that. It probably is just your head's got to be spinning as far as like, you know, you have this you, you've been imagining that your character in the things he's done and you have these stories and you have this your own headcanon. But now you're seeing this. You know, in print form, you're seeing this picture, you're seeing all, you know, Gecko doing all this kind of stuff. That's just got to be surreal. It's amazing. Again, I mean, I, I hate to be, you know, Debbie Downer of Bittersweet. We just want that official. And, and hopefully, <laughs> you know, I, I, all the Star Wars fans who are listening will definitely admit they went too short on the Mandalorian characters. They went with like maybe five of them uh, in terms of the figures in the Black Series. You know, the fans just love the detail of, of not only the A-list characters, but again, when we were kids, it was the same thing. You know, if you had Princess Leia, you had Walrus Man. If you had Han Solo, you had a Hammerhead. So uh, God willing, uh, hopefully we'll get that official in one way or another, whether it's Black Series, uh, through Lego, through uh, official comic, uh, or through um, uh, the live action there. But I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that good things will happen over the years to come there. Excellent, excellent. And kind of just kind of wrapping things up a bit. Um, so the tour is starting, you said, April? April 8th and ending August 22nd uh, in uh, Boise, Idaho. Uh, great. Oh, my God. I, you know, it's so, <laughs> you go to Chicago. You say, OK, we got to try pizza. And it actually is amazing. Deep dish pizza. If you go to Boise, Idaho, I thought I thought this was just a joke. But the mashed potatoes are literally <laughs> above. And I said, you got to be kidding me. This is so cliche right now. But the mashed potatoes, it was a brown butter mashed potato dish that I had. I think it was called Two Forks or Fork in the Road. I forget the name of it uh, in, in Boise, but it was absolutely amazing. But yes, April 8th to August 22nd. And you can go to Lair of the Gecko on Facebook uh, to check out all the dates there. And just lastly, just because of, just because of COVID and safety concerns, um, what are some of the things that if we're attending that we should be cognizant of, aware of, and make mm -hmm. sure that make sure everybody has a good and safe time? 
Absolutely. All different state rules uh, by, you know, obviously by state. Uh, half the time we've been uh, outside and we've been proud to be outside. It hasn't uh, been any, uh, you know, skin off our back at all without question. Uh, just want to make sure everybody's safe. Uh, and then also the stores have been regulating just as far as letting people in. So there'll be a line that formulates outside and then they let people in one by one. But obviously we're wearing face masks. We are using hand sanitizer. And I just to give people a bit of confidence, we are uh, we're getting the vaccine and also at the same time uh, fist bumps uh, and then even the selfies are just a, a little bit of a distance there as well. We're not uh, sitting here and doing Florida style. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Dominic, I'm I'm really excited to uh, to see that we have tour part two. And, and like I said, I think that you have really helped kind of fill the fill the gap for us. And it, it was it was been such a kind of a pleasant surprise in getting this. And now we get to do this all over again. So now we get, you know, this, like we get this experience and we also get to look forward to it again. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I, I appreciate the hustle because this is something like we're, you know, you're, I mean, I'm gushing a bit, but you are kind of teaching us a lesson as well as your kids. Like, it's like, you know what, this is what you make of it. You could, you could take, you could take your ball and you could go home or you could say, you know what, this is what it is. We're going to make this happen. And you know, if, if everyone, it, it's just, it's one of those things where I saw, like I said, I'm almost like a loss for words for it, but I, I just really appreciate the effort in this. And like I said, you know, you're taking your kids with them. They're learning some lessons. We're having a good time. It's really a win-win. Yeah, no, I couldn't be more grateful. I, you know, I grew up in New York and it was one simple rule on the, on the uh, sports field, the football field was, uh, you know, they don't owe you anything. You get out there and you play and you got to earn it. And that was it. You know, there was no uh, coddling. There was no participation trophy. You lost, you lost. But, you know, you just if anything through that loss, you try to give the best effort you possibly can. And sometimes you're doing that. You end up getting a sack or a tackle or what have you. So uh, there's a lot of parallels to sports. And, uh, and and like you said, you know, as an Italian-American, it's sort of, uh, uh, of a parallel to my entire career to where this town owes me nothing. Uh, but at the same time, when you work hard, good things happen. And we're hoping that continues out through uh, Gecko's legacy there. Awesome. Well, Dominic, good luck on the comic. Good luck on the tour. Uh, be safe, and we will be seeing you in Chicago. Awesome. Thank you so much. I can't wait. July 10th at Alley Cat there. Thank you. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? Once again, my thanks to Dominic Pace for being on the program tonight. It was a pleasure to get a chance to talk with him again and find out more about this comic book. And you can check it out as well if you go to geckothebountyhunter.com, and I'll make sure to put that website in the show notes and in the show description. I ordered that book earlier. Can't wait to see it myself. Any feedback for tonight's program can be made in a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode. You can also DM me on Instagram at RebelBaseCard, which is also where you can find me on Twitter and Facebook. You can email the program, greg at rebelbasecard.com. You can find the show notes for this and all episodes on the website, rebelbasecard.com. In the Star Wars Card Trader app and, well, just about every other card trader app, you can find me at CornFedTech. I use the hashtag CardSquadron, not only for the way to put out the word on cool cards and card collecting, but as a way to bring the community a little closer together. We collect, communicate, and commiserate when we run out of credits and crystals to spend in the app. Join in on the fun. Plus, well, all the other cool squadron names were already taken. We collect as one and would be honored if you would join us. And if you were a sketch card artist or Star Wars artist or collector, cosplayer, actor, author, want to talk about your work, your craft, your passion, please drop me a line. Maybe we can work something out. I'd love to get a chance to hear your story. 
You can also help out the program by leaving a comment and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this podcast from, as well as helping me out by subscribing to my feeds on the socials. Helps grow the show. Otherwise, keep those cards out of the hands of the Empire, folks, and I'll talk to you soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.